From the casualisation of the workforce to the movement towards increased workplace flexibility, leading integrated service provider Downer Group knows all about adapting to change. I'm Hamish Coots, and you're listening to Talent Talks, brought to you by SEEK. Steve Schofield is the Group Head of HR and Industrial Relations at Downer Group, which employs more than 53,000 staff across a range of industry verticals. He joined me at the desk at the HR Leaders Forum in Sydney to discuss the challenges and opportunities his organisation faces. Welcome to Talent Talks. We are coming to you from the HR Leaders Forum in Sydney, the Intercontinental Hotel. We're very, very privileged to be here, speaking to some great people over the next couple of days who are presenting and, of course, some of the thought leaders within the HR industry. None more so than my first guest, Steve Schofield, Head of HR and Industrial Relations at Downer. Welcome to you, Steve. Morning. Welcome, mate. G'day. How do you start to keep ahead of global forces and changes, given that your workforce is so varied? So I guess the best barometer, or one of the key barometers for us, is our customer. Uh, We have a lot of enduring relationships with some very senior key customers, and they will signal to us through their own research where they see their organisation in three, five, 10 and 20 years. Mm. They give us the opportunity, because we've we've cleared those hurdles where we provide quality people that have the right focus on safety and performance. Um, We have the right balance of capital equipment with equipment that we bring in. You know, we we have an approach where we've got a proven capability, we deliver the performance. When they have established those relationships, it's a bit like us in terms Mm. of where we have relationships with people who maintain our cars or paint your house. You bring them back and say, this is what I'm looking to do. How can you work with me to ensure that we get there? So they are a a critical part of that process. Equally, how we differentiate. So different challenges. Labour is a massive challenge for any organisation. When you think of a 30-year through-life support or TLS contract on the trains that run around Sydney network, you need to ensure that you're doing a couple of things. You need to make sure that you've got the labour to sustain the, the maintenance environment you have today, but equally through technology and innovation, you need less and less people. Through technology and innovation, you have better systems of, of gathering information and data. You can forecast that in 10 years from now, we'll only need half the workforce. What do we do with the balance of that mm. workforce? We look to redeploy, we look to transition, or we look to sort of just shrink our footprint. Yeah. But the more notice, and I'm a big one for making sure we give people the opportunity to know what's coming down the pipeline. But the more notice we give unions, we're, we're a 65% union membership organisation. Okay. When I was at Qantas, it was over 90%. Mm. So we operate in a way where we support collective bargaining, but the more notice we can signal to groups like unions or, or people representing employees, this change in three years, this this, this work environment will be very different. Mm. The, the, they will, again, partner with us to make sure that we sustain those people in jobs and they may well be jobs with somebody else. Yeah. In, in theory, with a workforce that big, you, you would think that redeployment is a better option for your organisation than many others, but I guess technology, automation is right across your organisation, so perhaps redeployment is not as easy as what it may once been. Is well, that a fair comment? Or? It is a fair comment. It's a good insight. But if, if you think about large oil and gas projects, so we've recently, we're transitioning off Wheatstone and Gorgon in Western Australia. We've got a big uh, workforce up at Ichthys in uh, Darwin. But if you think about uh, the, the Pluto project, so oil and gas, large amounts of manufacturing are now being done offshore. Yep. If you think about Wheatstone and Gorgon, a number of those large pieces of kit were manufactured, assembled overseas and shipped down in segments that, that were then transported where they needed to be in the train position in Wheatstone and Gorgon yeah. and assembled. So if you think, where is 30 years ago, you just send everybody, yeah. you send the steelwork, you send the nuts and bolts, you build it. 
the, the reason why a large part of that work is done offshore, it's cheaper. Yep. Um, but we've got mobilised workforce. If you look at Japan's call recently, they've lowered the threshold for workers to enter Japan. Um, you'll see more uh, drain on the Australian resource uh, availability going to places like Japan in the next three years because they need the arms and legs. They need people to do that work. So in the, in the region, there's plenty of jobs. Yeah. We need to get people into a mindset. You may well need to be a fly-in, fly-out to the Philippines or, mm. or to Japan, Tokyo. You may well need to be a fly-in, fly-out to South America. That's what we should be telling people in their 20s and 30s now, yeah. that when you're 40s and 50s, that could well be where you need to go. Are we doing a good job of getting that message out? Look, or? I, think, I think we do. I think yeah. we do. And I think... Uh, what are we doing to enable that and get people prepared for that? Well, look, I, I think we, we do some pilot exercises. We, we partner with big global organisations. We, we make it less threatening. Yeah. And, and, of course, the opportunity to, to, to do that sort of work, it goes into a relationship. If somebody in their 20s knows that when I'm from the 40s, I might have to be doing a fly and fly out to yeah. Manila to work. Well, when I meet somebody new, well, you know, this is the sort of work I do and this is the sort of thing I'm going to yeah. need to be. And, you know, from a family perspective, we've got to get that stuff right. As little surprises as possible. Well, that's uh, what, yeah. Mate, as few surprises as you can. Yeah. So very much we talk about the future of work at the moment. I'm interested when you, you come down, you sit in your desk, how much time can you actually attribute to thinking about the future of work versus what you've currently got on your plate at the moment, um, which would be immense as well? Look, personally, in terms of the future of work, if, if you think of... If you think of your organisation and, and the complexity of your organisation and, and build an intimacy with key people through your organisation, you'll pick up those rich insights. And that could well be um, through regular meeting forums. It could well be through structured meeting processes, committee work, that sort of thing. But the, the reality is you, you need to make that time. What I do, look, I spend at least a half a day a week with a yeah. team of people balancing, weighing up options, looking at those insights. When we, if you think about down as 12 months that we've just had, we've consolidated four business divisions into two. We've acquired Spotless. We acquired Hawkins in New Zealand, yep. which is a low-rise construction business. We did all of that in-house. We didn't, if I go back to my time at Qantas in the mid-90s, mm. to do that, to contemplate that extent of change over a period of 12 months, we would have spent tens of millions on consultants yeah. to come and tell us how to do it. We've maintained and grown our profitability. We've had no fatalities, no significant injuries. We've, 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 we've done all of that and we've still met customer expectations under that pressure of trains on time, products out on time, mm. services done on time. Yeah. And I think that's, there's, a, there's a humility in our organisation. So if I could share an insight, when I interview mm. senior people for yeah. my business, I only ask three questions. Okay. So if I'm interviewing you for a senior yep. role, um, my first question is, tell me about your, your greatest achievement from mm -hmm. a work perspective. Yep. Everybody's got one of those. Yeah. If I then say, who were the people around you that helped you or enabled you to be successful? Most people can remember yes. who those people were. But the, 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 the key question then is, where are those people today? Yeah, so I'm interviewing you. What do you see as your biggest contribution that differentiates you? Do you remember those people that helped you get there or were you just stepping on their head? And thirdly, did you really give a damn as yeah. to where they are today? It's not about how many people can you bring into the organisation. That's way down the line. It's about how you think. Yep. And do you believe that you need the um, support and input and creativity, but more so just the belief of others to help you to be successful? That's who I want in my business. Yeah. And we've got a lot of those. I, I imagine at Downer Group you're sitting on an immense amount of data. Yeah. 
So how do you make data-led decisions and hopefully the correct decisions? Um, what's the journey that you guys are, and I imagine you're currently going through that, data seems to be changing all the time. That um, agile workplace, if I think of our spotless business, yep. we're doing some work in making sure we understand where our non-permanent workforce uh, is likely to be in the years ahead. So if you think about mm. an AFL mm. grand final, yep. we'll put a note out in the week leading up to the AFL, who wants to work? At the, on grand final day. People love the MCG. Yeah. People love to work at the MCG. That whole experience, you know, 100,000 plus fans, it's, it's a massively exhilarating opportunity. We don't struggle to find people for those events. Now, if we were running an event for one of the schools in western suburbs of Sydney or Melbourne mm. where we're a bit short of cleaners on a particular roster and we, don't, we, we rely on a casual workforce... Yeah. We need to make sure that we have the lead time that gives us the opportunity to ensure that workforce is available on the day that we need it. The technology solutions around where people are, their preferences for work, we're getting better at understanding. For instance, if you were a casual cleaner, you may be a student, you may be just a dad that works mm. a couple of days a week, a, a partner, whichever. We need to understand your preferences better, and that's where the technology will help us forecast where we have black spots, where there are yeah. people or pockets where we struggle to find people. I'll give you a good example. I met yeah. up with Joe Schofield, who runs United Voice Union, and she was signalling they need to bus. We need to bus cleaners into the eastern suburbs. Very few people living in the eastern suburbs these days. You don't have the population of students or people that are prepared to go and do that sort okay. of work. We're busing people in from inner west and outer western Sydney. You talked about the workforce there a little bit, and, and um, I wanted to sort of pick your brain a little bit on flexibility in the workforce as well, because obviously, yeah, across so many different industries, people have different needs, and I guess their relationships with the workforce is now quite different. So um, you raised a couple of great examples, but um, what are you guys, and how do you look at flexibility now um, and how people want to approach the workforce? I'm interested, I guess, almost in um, a top-down approach and also across many of your different businesses as well. How do you spend your time, and what are you thinking about there? Yeah, so, look, workplace flexibility is, is critical, I think, to deal with a bunch of... It, it covers a bunch of things. It covers uh, the need to ensure you've got the right diversity approach in the business, that inclusivity in, approach in the business. You've got to, it gives you a balance and opportunity to know where you're going to source your labour from. We, we bid for work. We bid for long-term contracts. Therefore, we believe we will... We, we back ourselves that we will be able to find the labour to deliver to those commitments. So yep. we know... Uh, in a short, medium, long term, the type of labour we need and when we need it. We then need to ensure that the supply, because the supply is generally there, but you're right, I think you're talking about the dynamic of yeah. the type of supply and yep. where are those people, what sort of work do they want to do. It, it, is, it is changing, but again, it's, it comes down to being able to understand people's preferences. Yeah. Um, the, the, the issue, you hear from the union side, there's been a casualisation of the workforce, yeah. and yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. There's, there's less security, I agree with that. Yeah. We, as an organisation, are offering more permanent part-time roles than offering more casual roles. We want to hook the workforce into our business, engage with the brand, align with the brand, and then have that ability to flex up and down as required. But in terms of understanding people's preferences, look, people are very generous with, with, their, with their intent. The people, in terms of um, wanting to work flexibly, weekends are always tough. But for some people, weekends are brilliant because you get some penalty rates. You know, yeah. like there's an understanding your dynamic. And um, yeah. we, we find that yeah, we're not necessarily special compared to other employers, but you really need to keep on top of people's preferences and, and keep that data fresh. Permanent part-time and the offering of those as opposed to casual um, roles, I'm interested, obviously, that goes a long way within your organisation, I guess, to mitigating underemployment as well, which we know is still a really prevalent thing within this country and indeed other countries as well. Um, is there a level of satisfaction that you have um, from that, from the fact that there is a permanency to that, to that employment? 
versus casual? Yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a big fan of part-time employment. I think, yep. I think we need to work around some of the edges of the legislation on part-time, but I'm a big fan of part-time employment. I think about a casual compared to a part-time employee uh, wanting to buy a, a boat or wanting to buy a house, more importantly, or somewhere to, somewhere to live. When you're a casual, it's a real struggle to yep. get to get to be considered seriously by the various lending institutions. It's very tough as a casual. If you're a part-timer, you are a mile ahead. I think you're going to find with the recent scrutiny around banks and lending processes and practices, it's going to be even tougher on part-timers and especially on the casual workforce. And this is where the debate hasn't been started with where the conservative side of government or, or, or politics and some of the leading employer industry groups are saying that the casualisation of the workforce is not a problem, that big chunk of the workforce is under threat. Um, it is going to be tougher for them. So from our perspective, I think we're ahead. I'm a huge fan of part-time compared to casual. Yeah, sure. And we will, we will look to enable that more so than avoid that, for sure. Yeah. What is the single greatest challenge you face? And then I guess that single challenge that you really want to get stuck into it down a group over the next you know, two, two three years? Look, I, I think as a, as a function, as a... As a, as a career. HR's a fa fabulous career. I think uh, uh, making sure we maintain a legitimate seat at the decision-making table, whatever that is. Yep. Um, we can get caught up in language and brands like C-suite and all the rest of it. The reality is whatever function, whatever level you work within the organisation, be relevant to the people that are making the financial decisions and making the people decisions. Um, and in order to be relevant, you need to be contemporary, you need to appreciate what your business does today, don't feel that you've got to suddenly invest in all of this AI and you've got yeah. to invest in autonomous operations of trucks and cars. Just leverage what you have today yep. because the people in the business who are making the financial decisions, that's their lot as well. Yes. If you can make that connection be relevant, you will be an enabler for them to make better informed people decisions. Challenge for me, look, it's such an exciting time. I think over the course, I think we'll see the next change of government. That change would probably see a, a, a six to eight year window where the, the next federal government will be a, take a more bipartisan approach. Mm. There will be more influence or ability to influence key workplace policies around industrial relations, around uh, immigration. Uh, if you think about we don't have a, we don't have the labour here in Australia in our footprint to deliver the, the projected um, uh, work demands and, and, and expectations of clients today. They're just it's not there. If we suddenly turn apprenticeships into turning apprentices out in 18 months, there's still not enough time. Yep. We're going to need an investment or the courage to bring labour and expertise from overseas. Now, the reality is other countries in our region have the same challenge, so we need to differentiate. Yeah. And I think we can do that. But from a downer perspective, it comes back to what you're known for. Mm. And if it comes back to the way we, I interview people, we're a great organisation. I think we're a destination employer. I want to sustain that perception in the market that it's a good place to work. It's not always going to meet every expectation that I have, but I feel that the contribution we make, the services we provide, and our general approach to work is a place where I want to be. That was Steve Schofield, Group Head of HR and Industrial Relations at Downer Group. To hear more Talent Talks, head to insightsresources.seek.com.au. I'm Hamish Coots.